We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. What's up, y'all? It's Drewski, and I've teamed up with Mountain Dew to produce a hilarious new basketball podcast called The Dew Zone with Drewski. Learn the backstories of your favorite ballers and celebrities like Jamal Murray. Did you have, like, a favorite team? Was it the Raptors at the time or no? Was the Raptors even started around that time? Come on, bro. I ain't that old, fam. <laughs> You're talking like I'm 50. Taylor Rooks, Asia Wilson, and many more. You won't want to miss this. Listen to The Do Zone with Drewski on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever you listen to podcasts. Support for this podcast comes from U.S. Bank. When it's time for a new credit card, the best ones do way more than just buy stuff. And that's why U.S. Bank offers credit cards that make every day more rewarding. Earn cash back, score points when you shop, dine out, travel, or binge watch, or get a low intro APR. U.S. Bank credit cards were designed to fit your lifestyle. So make every day more rewarding and check out usbank.com slash credit card. U.S. Bank credit cards are issued by U.S. Bank National Association N.D. Some restrictions may apply. Member FDIC. Welcome to the Rotowire NBA podcast presented by FanDuel. It is Thursday, October 26th. Nick Whalen here with the great James Anderson. Uh, James, first things first, uh, about 10 minutes ago before I got into the office today to record this podcast, I was Halloween shopping. Halloween is, I don't want to say it's, it's a holiday that I dislike, but it is a holiday that I dislike all the prep that it requires, uh, especially in a town like Madison that takes Halloween extremely seriously, uh, puts on a giant festival every year, which is going on this weekend. And I'm on like a 12, possibly longer, maybe even up to 15 year streak of dressing up as Tracy McGrady uh, for Halloween, uh, mostly out of convenience. This year, I'm trying to get away from that. Um, I'm kind of sick of going to Halloween parties and people just kind of asking like, oh, again, you're Tracy McGrady again, or who is that? I've never heard of him. He's becoming less and less relevant for the average person each year, unfortunately. Uh, so I went shopping before this and this is going to shock you because it's a movie reference. And when it comes to movies, you know where I stand, but I think I'm going to try to go as happy Gilmore. That's not bad. It's, uh, it's easy. That you know. resonate. That's going to resonate with, I, I would assume, a, a good chunk of your friends. Uh, mm-hmm. I I definitely fall in the camp of 
legit not liking the holiday. So, okay. uh, and now that I'm engaged, I really, and my, my fiance really likes the holiday. I'm, I'm trying to make it very clear early in the, uh, partnership that I'm not going to be dressing up on Halloween. I don't want to set a dangerous standard of having dressed up, you know, in the early years of our relationship mm-hmm. and then being held to that standard, uh, you know, further on. So, you, have you written that into your nuptials? <laughs> no, I mean, it's so like, I think I, I did dress up like the first year we were dating just as kind of like a, why, you know, why piss her off over this? Mm-hmm. And then, you know, the more serious the relationship got, the more I felt comfortable not dressing up, even though she wanted me to. So now I'm uh, happily, you know, not even considering getting a costume this year. I'm, you know, I might go if there's a party that's going to be a small party with, you know, a bunch of people I know and a lot of them are going to dress up. I will go to that party without a costume if it's you know, a group of people where I know that that'll, they'll just be like, Oh yeah, I guess well, at that James point that can kind of be your you know? costume. Right. Yeah. Like I, I definitely, I would not go somewhere if it's like a friend of a friend and like, we're only going to know a few people there. Absolutely no chance. I would go to anything like that. But <laughs> if it's, if it's going to be uh mostly people I know that I'm, I'm comfortable enough to show up without a, without a costume. So I assume you dressed up in college, like in college when you have a lot of parties, you know, you went to the university of Minnesota, sure. I went to Wisconsin, I think probably a pretty similar scene for Halloween weekends. What was your like the best costume that you ever forced yourself to come up with for a weekend? Uh, so th- I mean, this one was, you know, it, partly I I found memories because the party was so good, but uh, I was cool, cool, I was man. wearing I mean it was you know Minnesota obviously was there alcohol you know, there you know a lot of a lot of great parties in Minnesota, but um, I was I was dressed up as it was kind of a utility workers like blue jumpsuit and then i had a bottle of windex that was filled with alizé so like it's a it's a blue alcohol uh so like i was like a window cleaner but in my you know window cleaning bottle it was alcohol so a lot of you know i mean everyone everyone got a taste Mm -hmm. and that was that was a fun costume i i honestly don't have a lot that i'm like oh yeah i, I killed that one i mean i just right. i'm not, it's <laughs> not it's not really something i've ever excelled yeah. at which is part of the reason why i don't like mm-hmm. it like i'm not that guy that's always coming up with sweet right. costume ideas so it's a lot of pressure i've had people tell me like oh you seem like someone who'd be good at halloween and it's like boy or you could not be more wrong like <laughs> I that, makes, that makes me kind of sad such, that you it's think such that. an insult like yeah it's, it's like, like why would you say that you can't even come up with it yeah it's like okay so as someone who doesn't watch movies i feel like i've i'm like limited in what i can be like i don't get half the references i don't even have this like base of of options and you know unfortunately there's nothing i can do about it i also have no interest in spending like four hours doing some sort of arts and craft type of thing to make a good i feel like the best costumes aren't even like movie references they're like just something where someone sat down for Mm -hmm. a few hours with cardboard and like bubble wrap and stuff and came up with something good yeah you got to find the medium like i think like you said you don't want to spend two days making a costume but i also think you don't want to go and just buy one of those like you don't want to right right yeah you gotta it's gotta like for example we have the store called ragstock you know which is similar to basically like a i don't know a slightly more upscale goodwill if there is such a thing and if you can go and like buy every individual piece and piece it together i think that that is where you can at least earn some points for trying and that's exactly what i'm going for this weekend is i want i'm going to get a lot of sympathy probably of like oh you're not a basketball player yeah. think at least you put in the effort sure uh all right well speaking of basketball lazo ball versus john wall last night um i don't know how much of this you watched you and i 
and the rest of our RotoWire rec team took a really tough loss last night. The game started at 9.15 p.m. Central Time, which is ridiculously late for a Wednesday night, uh, nonetheless. Um, so, you know, we didn't get home till like 10.30. I needed about a half hour to pace around my apartment and be angry and throw stuff and, you know, kind of go through the game in my mind. But after that, I settled in, watched the rest of the World Series. Um, and what, what, did that go into 10 or 11 innings? Uh, man, I 11. I, I was watching runs. the World Series as well. I was watching that. And as soon as that ended, I switched over, caught the end of the Lakers-Wizards uh, Lakers game. Really bizarre game. Lonzo Ball didn't felt like played all that well. I think he ended up being like a plus 13, though, which, you know, single game plus minus doesn't mean all that much. But, um, you know, we, we continue to kind of get signs that there is some truth, at least in my mind, to this belief that even if Lonzo's not putting up 20, 10, and 10 every night, there does seem to be this effect, and you hear it from people around the team, you hear it from people on the team, that when he's on the court, people just kind of tend to play a certain way. And, and we saw that a few times. You know, you had a play last night, I think it was in the third quarter, where, you know, just a routine inbounds play, um, you know, on the opposite baseline, he gets the ball, throws it, what, 85 feet directly into the hands of Larry Nance, lays it up, and one. You know, the type of play that certainly we haven't seen from the Lakers in a long time. And you really don't see much at all in the NBA except for guys or from guys like Kevin Love. So um, the Lakers are, are playing an exciting style, a uh, nice win at home over the Wizards last night, first loss of the season for the Wizards. Um, I mean, I don't know how much of this you were able to able to watch again, but what is, what is the takeaway, I guess, for now that we're through four games of Lonzo Ball's NBA career? Uh, you know, he's, he's probably been about what I expected. He's maybe been slightly worse from a statistical standpoint than some people expected just because he, he hasn't, he's had a couple of games where he just hasn't really scored much. Uh, I mean, this, this rookie class really is other than Markel Fultz. It seems to be really impressing, you know, up and down the draft board. I think more often than not, I think especially just what these guys are doing in their first few games, usually you'll see a bit more of a, a learning curve, but yeah, I mean, I think Ball's been kind of as advertised. He's not, you know, he never really seems to be playing all that hard. He, and I, and I don't even really mean that as a compliment or a, a disparaging remark. It's just kind of the way it <laughs> is. An like, observation. Yeah, like he, it's it's just kind of his style. He he never looks like he's really going going that hard, and it's it's good that the Lakers are at least kind of watchable again after last year uh i mean brandon ingram was was good in this one just when you were ready to bury him uh he goes out and has his best game maybe as he he was this his best game as a pro it probably was was, i mean i don't think it's his best game i think he's gotten he's had like 30 point games before but it was I, i mean we talked about this a little bit before we started recording like it he was still doing the Brandon Ingram things. It was just he was making the shots, I guess. You know, like he, he ISOed, I thought, a few too many times late in this game. But to his credit, hit a couple pull-up jumpers in the mid-range, uh, had a tip-in just before time expired at the end of the fourth, descended into overtime. Um, and it's clear, and I guess I do like this, it's clear that the Lakers want him to have these opportunities. You know, like it's not like he's hogging the ball late in the fourth quarter, you know, trying to make things happen. They're setting up these ISOs for Brandon Ingram. He's bringing the ball up the court. Lonzo was playing off ball a lot uh, over the last three or four possessions for the Lakers, and they want Ingram to develop this ISO game. And, you know, I, I don't think a one-game sample means all that much in the long term, but I think that at the very least for Ingram, this has to build a little bit of confidence. 
Yeah, I, I, I'm more interested. I'm probably the only person that is actually more interested in watching Ingram than Lonzo. I just, I feel like I know who Lonzo is. I know what he's going to do this year. It's just not that interesting to me. Uh, whereas Ingram, it's there's still to me a uh, extremely wide range of outcomes, and you know, it's probably less and less likely by the day that he ever becomes even an All Star. But I, I still think like that's like multiple time all-star is still in play and like out like never in a starting lineup after the 2019 season is still in play so it's just he's more fascinating to me from that perspective I think Lonzo kind of is what he is he's going to be a good player for a long time I don't think he's ever going to be a superstar it's just he doesn't seem to have that that kind of game it's a it's just a really unique game but it's he's a really good passer he's kind of an okay defender okay, he's a better defender okay than scorer. i thought he would be uh effort wise he's been really good he's still like he got crossed up by john wall pretty badly a couple times last night but that happens to just about everyone who goes up against john wall he's a smart defender he I, is yeah. i think he's, he's really good at stripping too yeah uh, you know he kind of reminds me a little bit of steph curry and mm-hmm. that he just doesn't have the lateral quickness to ever be kind of a lockdown one-on-one defender, but he does enough other stuff defensively where he's not a, a negative on right. that end. Yeah, I, I don't think he'll ever, ever be a guy that you feel great about in one-on-one situations, but he's. Al- I think he's already shown that he's not going to be this big, big liability. I thought he was going to be that, and, and he hasn't, which is encouraging. Over under two-and-a-half All-Star games for Lonzo Ball in his career. Ah, man, that's good. I, I feel like the fan voting aspect makes it, (laughs) makes it more complicated because if it was just from a, like, is he going to deserve to be in three all-star games, presuming he spends most of his career in the Western conference, I, he's 19. Like we're looking 10 years down the road. I know, know, but I, I think he's. I I don't see him ever leaving the Lakers. uh, Right. But is the West going to be. I don't in five years, even is it going to be this in three years? I don't know. I'm, I don't know why it has to reverse. Why do we got to assume it's going to, it's kind of been this way basically for my entire adult life. So I I don't, I'm not going to just jump and say that like the East is going to be better all of a sudden. I think a lot of the least desirable markets to be in a lot of the worst ownership groups are in the East. So I think that that works against them. I don't think he's going to deserve to be in three, but I think he probably plays in three. Okay, fair enough. Um, are the Phoenix Suns back? The Suns have won two straight games uh, since firing Earl Watson, and one of those wins came over the Utah Jazz last night at home, but still, uh, a Jazz team that struggles to score against a Suns team that struggles to defend. I I mean, I, the Jazz are an objectively better team. I, I thought that that would win out at the end of the day, but a fairly convincing win for phoenix which was up double digits most of this game utah got it down to six or seven late uh, phoenix ended up winning by nine but um i mean and this is still such a tough team to read like was earl watson that bad of a coach that you know this team c- can pick up i mean they were going from being blown out by 40 you know essentially th- you know two out of three games to now looking like at least a semi-competent nba team without really changing much than firing their coach and getting rid of their best player I mean, I think he was a bad coach. I don't. So, I mean, I think that that there were obviously probably players on that team that are playing harder now than they were before. 
the only two players that played 30 minutes for them were Alex Len and Devin Booker, which is not That's not great sign great. for the Jazz. Uh, no, you're right. Yeah, I mean, if anything, this is just a worse, a bad look on the Jazz than it is like a good look on the Suns. Right. I mean, you're, you look at the guys that were playing 20-plus minutes for the, the Suns. I mean, just a lot of right. mediocre players. They still just don't have much talent on that roster, especially without Eric Bledsoe. I think they're going to be... A uh, pretty easy bottom three record in the league. So I don't think they're back. I just think it's this kind of shows that the problem with having maybe a bottom seven offense the Jazz might have this year. Uh, having a great defense doesn't assure you of anything. If you have a great offense, you're going to make the playoffs with ease. But if you have just a great defense and a bad offense, you could definitely miss the playoffs. Right. And usually my my first thought when you see a score like this is, you know, one was somebody hurt and no, that was not the case for the Jazz. Two, did the other team just go off? You know, was there somebody who hit eight threes off the bench? The Suns had six three pointers made as a team and shot under 44 percent as a team. Like this is, you know, over five games in, you don't want to panic if you're the Jazz, but this is not a good loss. Uh, this is a, I mean, the Jazz certainly didn't shoot the ball well in their own right but you know they they turned it over 24 times rubio had seven turnovers um i don't know i mean i still think the jazz are firmly in that what six to nine six to ten range in the west six to six to ten yeah i mean we look now i think we're pretty confident in san antonio the clippers the rockets the warriors i think are still the top four in some order well okay i mean the clippers weren't in that group before the season according to really anyone True. actually no you're right you're right I, I think it was okc is probably in there right. the clippers were down um so i guess i mean what where do we start kind of drawing the line on tiers now ha, has that changed at all that we're eight nine days into the season i still think it's warriors in a tier by themselves uh the spurs the i mean the chris paul injury is is an issue uh if they get him back you know mid-november i still think they're in that second tier uh the spurs are very clearly in that second tier they're one of the best teams in the league and they've been without their only all-star uh the clippers i think i think the clippers as long as they're healthy are in that same tier with those other teams like with the spurs the and the rockets and then i'm not sure if the thunder are in that tier or not like are, are they in kind of their own are they just at the bottom of that tier like who do you who do you think finishes with more wins out of the clippers and the thunder this year Hmm. i mean these are both teams i was going to say you know the thunder are are in a unique position where you know not only are you you know the the rockets have to fit in chris paul but he's been out um the clippers have their own new pieces okc has to fit in carmelo anthony and paul george you know with russell westbrook not to mention you know Taj Gibson who only played like 20 games for them last year Patrick Patterson like there's a lot of uh, moving pieces with OKC where the talent looks really good but well it and it's it's probably the hardest coaching job in the league and you have Billy Donovan like a guy that doesn't necessarily have the uh you know rings on his finger or anything to to kind of demand that players fall in line to a certain way of playing mm-hmm. so it sort of seems like the talent might be there for this to be a top three team or top four team in the West, but just the, the difficulty of making all that talent buy in for, for kind of a common goal and run, you know, anything that's not super predictable on offense, I think is going to be challenging. Yeah. 
Yeah, I mean, I'm not surprised that OKC is two and two. Um, I mean, we see this with every really good team. It takes a while. No, I don't know if there's really any example of just throwing players together who haven't really had much experience together and it working right away. Because maybe the Celtics in in 08, that worked out pretty well for them. Right, but um, I mean that that was a perfect. That was the perfect pieces to kind of throw together and get buy-in because yeah. you had like a two defense first players in Rondo and KG, a just set spot up shooter basically at that point in Ray Allen and then Paul Pierce who kind of did all the other stuff. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, it was just kind of a perfect collection to kind of get right. to be, uh, to kind of come together for one common goal. Take a quick break so I can tell the listeners about SeatGeek. Buying tickets can be complicated and confusing, but there's a better way to buy, and that is with SeatGeek. SeatGeek is the smartest and easiest way to get tickets to every game all season long, whether you're planning a day out with friends, searching for a last-minute deal, or buying a gift for a loved one. SeatGeek helps you find the best seats at the best prices, fully guaranteed. Nothing beats being there in person for the biggest plays of the year, and SeatGeek will help you get closer to the action for a great value. SeatGeek saves you time and money by searching multiple ticket sites to compare prices and find amazing deals, and you get the most bang for your buck. SeatGeek grades every ticket based on value to help you immediately identify the best seats that fit your budget, and it doesn't end with sports. SeatGeek also has plenty of concert, comedy, and theater tickets available, and best of all, new users get $20 off their first purchase. Just download the SeatGeek app, enter the promo code ROTONBA, Again, that promo code is ROTO, R-O-T-O-N-B-A. That will get you $20 off your first SeatGeek purchase. See it live with SeatGeek, right seat, right now, right from your phone. Things we might want to reconsider, things that we've said in the preseason, um, predictions that we made, inklings that we had about teams. I want to start with the Timberwolves. And I, you and I have been a little more tepid on the T-Wolves, certainly, than, than, than you were last season. Um, they're two and three. Uh, the sky is not falling quite yet. Jimmy Butler missed the last two games, but they have the worst differential of any team in the NBA right now. Minus 16.2, two bad, bad losses to pretty average to bad Eastern Conference teams this week. Got blown out at home against the Pacers on Tuesday and then lost by 21 in Detroit last night. And, you know, do you, do you know off the top of your head where they rank in in net defense i'm gonna guess 29th 30th 30th bottom See, and, they, and there's a little bit of a gap between them and the mavs who are 29th so is this a tips thing or you know what it really doesn't make sense like carl anthony towns you know i i don't understand i know he's not a good defender but why is there's he not no a good defender what there's literally it? no excuse for no. the bulls having a better defensive net rating than the timberwolves if anything I mean, the, the worry with Tibbs coming here was, you know, are they going to be a grinded out team that only scores 90 points and, you know, holds the other team to right. 89? It's been the other way around, if anything. Yeah, I mean, it's you can have one of one or even two of your stars can be kind of mediocre defenders and you could still have a top 20 defense. Like it, it's not just a well Towns and Wiggins like blah, blah, blah. Like the, the Rockets are 14th and like they've. James Harden plays a ton of minutes for them. The Nuggets are 15th. And I mean, who are their great defenders? Like it's not, it's not, it's, it's, name one. it's really, it's really, really confusing. I mean, the, the, the T-Wolves inability to defend might be 
the most confusing subplot right. of maybe over the past two years, ever since Tibbs got there when people were just kind of like, well, he's going to finally, you know, they're finally going to defend. Mm-hmm. It's just whatever, whatever it is, it's not, it's not happening. And I mean, if you had to say right now, are they making the playoffs or not making the playoffs? No, I don't think so. But then you look at the, their wins this year. They win on the road at OKC. They beat the Jazz. They did lose their opener in San Antonio, but that was a game that was tied, you know, with like two minutes left. And it looked like at that uh-huh. point that it wasn't going to be a bad loss. You know, San Antonio's undefeated. They're still doing Spurs things. But yeah, I mean, I the only I wouldn't say I feel like great that the T Wolves are going to miss the playoffs because I think it's like fifty fifty, right? Like the Jazz haven't looked good. Denver has looked even worse. You know, New Orleans is one in three. Okay, so he's two and two. It's not like they're getting left, you know, left in the dust a week into the year. I think it's it's fifty fifty right now to me, and that's a huge downgrade from before the season. I would have said they're a borderline Mm -hmm. lock because, like, they to me they were easily uh, sixth best or fifth best to me um, after the. You know, I I liked the Clippers, but I had some concerns just about. health issues so yeah i would i would have had the the teals at number five coming into the year and now it's looking like maybe the the seven or the eight seed so this they're they're definitely kind of tops on that what would you change about your uh, preseason predictions yeah i mean the t-wolves to me are just very very confusing talent wise even in the west where there are 10 teams that would be like playoff locks in the east like they're you have Carl Anthony Towns, who for two years now has basically been the almost unanimous who would you who would you want to start a team with guy. You have Jimmy Butler, who's a proven perennial All Star. Well, that's have, that's that's. I mean, there have been plenty of people that would would take Giannis or Anthony Davis. Right. I think over Towns. I think if that, you redid the GM poll now, that I mean, how many Towns would go from getting what seventy percent of the vote to like ten, which shows how yeah, fickle that I mean, stuff really is. But that was we were saying that was wrong even when it happened though. Like that was just the GMs being stupid. Right. So well, here's what I'm saying though. Like we're going on two straight years of Towns being lauded like he is, and his numbers are still good offensively. But you know, the other night he and Wiggins I think combined for either zero or one assist in this game. And you know, whatever, it's just one game. But why is he being, you know, like what what about him still makes him so attractive to to GMs in the league? If that's who we're talking about, like if this guy can't lead a a very talented roster to more than you know 35 wins you know what is it I don't what's the big deficiency in town's game that's causing Minnesota to not beat teams like Indiana and Detroit or even stay close well I, I do think the most underrated aspect of team building is passing like I think you'll if you want to look at teams that that overshoot projections and teams that undershoot projections the good passing teams always seem to get slightly underrated I think you're seeing that a little bit with uh, a team like the Clippers this year and the bad passing teams, I think get, get a little overrated. I mean, you, in this era, you need to move the ball. I mean, that's what, that's honestly, I think ahead of shooting, even what makes the Warriors so dangerous is that all their guys can pass and all their guys are willing to pass. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the fact that you just pointed out, like the the Timberwolves, three best players, like they're easy, three best players, are ma- I mean, would you call Jimmy Butler an average passer for his position? Like, average sure. to slightly above average. Sure. Yeah. And then like Wiggins and Towns below average, like that's that's going to be tough. I mean, you're going to need to hit a lot of shots and you're going to need to defend. And that's just not happening. 
Yeah, Minnesota, very confusing, uh, certainly disappointing so far, but we'll see. Uh, definitely not ready to give up on them quite yet. The Cavaliers lose uh, to Brooklyn in Brooklyn last night, uh, despite a triple-double from LeBron James. J.R. Smith has been like the worst offensive player in the NBA through five games. He can't buy a shot. Um, the rest of the Cavs starters have, have struggled on D. Do we? Do you even want to entertain this, or are you in like complete? Doesn't matter what they do. Just talk to me about the Cavs come May. Well, even if I say that, I know you're going to bring up the Cavs again, like dozens of times Correct. before May. Yes. Uh, so I don't. I don't really care. It, to me, it's been beaten to death that like they have lineups that clearly are better than others, and they don't always get played in the order of how good they are uh lebron needs shooters around him when he doesn't have shooters around him the offense looks kind of crappy and a lot of the lineups that don't have shooting also don't have defense so uh it's just it's not that hard to figure out when they're struggling why they're struggling and i still think they're gonna get the one seed in the east and i think so too. i don't think it's gonna be all that close <laughs> yeah i mean they they go through these phases sometimes it's in the middle of the year sometimes it's after the all-star break this year it looks like it might be game number five how worried are you about the sixers um potentially not looking like a playoff team and they're in a different situation than minnesota where it really won't be viewed as some sort of you know catastrophic mm-hmm. failure if they don't make the playoffs but I think they've you know, they've been exciting. Ben Simmons has been good. Embiid's been good. But I think people, despite everything that's happened with this franchise, I think one and four is still a little bit of a disappointment. Well, it it was kind of hilarious to watch their over under line. I think it opened at just an absurd like forty three something forty two like, and a half forty two and a half. Yeah. Like everyone was just laughing like maniacally about that line and then it it got bet all the way down i think to like 38 or something by the time the season opened which is just a huge for a line to get bet down that hard without a major injury i mean i guess you could say people were worried about fultz's shoulder but i think it was just more everyone realizing that that was just a ridiculous place to start that line uh so it's it's not like we sh- we were expecting this to be a 500 team uh, and if you, I think if you'd told people that Ben Simmons was going to look this good, people might've actually felt a bit better about that over. Mm-hmm. It's just, I mean, who, I don't know. They don't have, when you're, when you're trying to integrate this many pieces, you know, Joel Embiid at times last year when it was just him and like a bunch of spare parts, this team was more effective than it's been this year with him and an actual talented players around him. So it's kind of hard to figure out, uh, I still think they're they're kind of feeling each other out right now. I'd I'd kind of put them in the T Wolves camp of like fifty fifty to make the playoffs in the East right now. Yeah, I mean they're they're struggling to score, which is kind of interesting. You know, Simmons not being a shooter maybe has something to do with that, but he's I mean he's still averaging like I, over fifteen a game, basically being nothing but a threat within seven feet. I think if they stay healthy, uh, they're going to only get better as the season goes on because Simmons is he's off to a great start already and and this is only his mm-hmm. like fourth game uh the Fultz injury honestly I don't even think that should really impact their wins and losses I this agree. year because I at best I think he was going to be kind of a break-even player so that's not a huge deal to me it's a huge deal for them long term because it I 
I do honestly believe that if the draft were redone today, I don't think, I honestly don't think any team would take him first overall. So, uh, I think that kind of sucks for them, but Mm -hmm. it's, it's weird. I mean, they're still fun to watch. So from that perspective, it's, it hasn't been a disappointment. Yeah, I was I was going to say the same thing you did about Fultz. I mean, we won't talk much about that because it's probably been beat to death already in the last 24 hours. But I, I don't think his absence or his, you know, disappearance, I guess, when he's on the court matters at all. I think I think from a fun to watch perspective, it'd be, it'd be great if he was playing 30 minutes and was starting for this team. But I don't know that it really affects the bottom line, especially when you have Robert Covington, J.J. Redick, Jared Bayless, like right now, Jared Bayless is a 20 times better player than the current version of Marco Fultz. <laughs> yes. Um, so I, I don't see that as really being much of an issue. And they've had a reasonably difficult schedule. You know, the losses are at Washington, Boston, at Toronto, and Houston. And they should have beat Houston. Mm-hmm. They were up double digits late in that game, had some really bad possessions toward the end, and Eric Gordon hit a, hit a buzzer-beating three that was a pretty difficult shot. And, you know, that's 50-50 at best for the Rockets um so that i mean that things would be looking a lot different i think had they had they beaten houston last night they're at dallas on saturday at houston again monday and then they get atlanta and indiana two games you think they should win but then it's eight straight against the west so is that mavs game a a loser leaves town match (laughs) (laughs) uh that's a really good question um yes i think so i I don't see if if the sixers (laughs) fall to one and five there i mean call it a season at that point i think at that point yeah <laughs> right i mean i'm not i'm not putting them in the t's <laughs> i mean the mavs honestly while we're talking about teams that we were wrong about like i thought the mavs would probably finish like mid 30s wins and losses their their over under was really tough for me because they're I thought, trying to lose games though now i know i i just thought i wasn't i wasn't sure if they would have an organizational a full organizational buy-in that they were going to just hard try to lose games this year and try to get a top three pick uh because rick carlisle like if rick carlisle was out there trying to win as many games as possible i would still pick this team to finish with mid-30s wins uh but it seems that they have a pretty full buy-in that the best way for them to add a foundational piece post dirk is to get a top three pick i fully agree with that philosophy dennis smith while he's going to have some crazy highlights this year, probably some pretty crazy stat lines as a rookie might, might even challenge for rookie of the year. He's not going to be a guy that really helps him win a ton of games as a rookie. Like he's not going to be playing great defense. He's going to probably struggle to shoot efficiently. So, and then the, the Nerland Noel thing's kind of weird. It's, it's like, I think they can lose plenty of games and still play Nerland Noel a lot. He's not that good. (laughs) (laughs) It's like, yeah, it's just too risky to throw him <laughs> out there for more than 15 minutes. He's too good. He's going to win. And I think I think that was their plan last night. Like, Nerland's played 20-some minutes, and they, I think they thought, like, well, we're playing Memphis. They'll beat us no matter what. And, they, <laughs> and then they actually won. And it's like, oh, man, this is, uh, this is not uh, exactly what we had planned. Nerland's are going back to the bench. Yeah. Well, I'm, I'm surprised. I think Dallas is one of those organizations I didn't necessarily think would go full-on tank. You know, they've kind of hurt themselves by not doing that, I think, in recent years. And... I don't know. I, I guess it seems like that's the direction they're willing to go. Are the are the Knicks the worst team in the league? Three days ago, I would have said the Suns, and it wasn't close, but I think it's probably the Knicks. Yeah, I, the Bulls are still bad. They've looked better than I thought they would. They've been scrappy. Yeah, I guess it's t- – oh, man, that, that is – because, like, I want to give the Bulls – I'm just so happy for 
Laurie Markkinen and myself through three games that I, I want to give them a pass on being the worst team. But yeah, I mean, the, the Knicks still have Chris Tapps, Porzingis, and the Bulls don't. So Well, the Bulls are getting Chris Dunn back soon. So. <laughs> the, the Knicks, the guards the Knicks are playing, it's, it's just... That's that's a recipe for for getting a top three pick. Like what the Knicks are doing, right. they can play. They don't have to sit any of their players the rest of the year. They can just no fake injuries, <laughs> no sending people home. Just keep playing the guards they have a they ton of minutes, and they'll off. be fine. They might be worse off playing the guys they have than sending them home and like calling up D leaguers. Like yeah, like replacing their current guards <laughs> with D leaguers. That actually would probably uh, hurt the results. So, I yeah. was looking today at whose birthday it is, as I always do. It's Monte Ellis's birthday. Oh. thirty-two years old. The Mississippi Bullet. Uh, yep. a great nickname. Yep. His other nickname is Robin. I don't know who is who is Batman. Brandon Jennings. Brandon White. <laughs> I'm trying to think back to those Warriors teams. <laughs> <laughs> Anton Jameson? Um the they should what I'm saying is the Knicks should sign Monte Ellis. Yeah. You want to lo- lose mean, games? <laughs> who are the teams that want to lose games and aren't doing it uh successfully enough? Like maybe Does Orlando want to lose? They sh- they probably don't. They've lost enough. No, 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 no. They're three um, and one. Although I mean it's a new regime, so right. they they could lose a bunch of games and I, it, I their still jobs am pretty confident be... that they're gonna lose a lot of games. I think I think Brooklyn, you know, still not being in, no, in they, control of their pick. Yeah, they, they don't, don't want to lose games. I mean, lose. I think the Hawk, the Hawks would be an interesting. Yeah, um, they're only one in three. Sure. Um, <laughs> they are they are losing at a solid clip. They are. <laughs> Other than that, no. I mean, the I think Pacers. The do the Pacers want to win games? Yeah, two and three. They've already they've already exceeded what they should. What, have done. what, what do they want to win games for? I don't know what they want to do. They've looked surprisingly competent. I will say that they've had. Have they had multiple games this year where they've gone over a buck twenty-five? I was just going to say, can you name the three teams in the, that are leading the Eastern Conference in points per game? Well, Pacers, obviously. Yeah. Uh, well, they're they're number three. Uh, Magic. Magic are number two. Um, is it a team that I would just have to be thinking outside the box to get? Some, I mean, they're a team that's played fast the last couple of years. The Nets, the Nets. So, the Magic are third in the league in offensive rating. The Nets are fourth in the league in offensive rating, and the Pacers are seventh in the league in offensive rating. Man, should we do we do here. we pencil them all into the playoffs? I think we can pencil them into the conference finals. If I said over under one and a half of those teams make the playoffs, under. I think if anything, one. No way. I mean, it's if it, it would be Orlando and Indiana, right? I I don't think there's a zero percent. I mean, I think the Nets have like at least a ten percent chance to make the playoffs in the East. Sure, ten percent. Well, that's fine. Well, I, I still don't think that means they're making it. I mean, the the, the East is just such a crap show. Uh, crap shoot or crap show? There, well, I wanted to say the, the I wanted to say something else show, but mm. then I, then you'd have to go back and find the spot in the podcast and edit it out god knows i don't want to do that yeah um okay last thing we'll keep this one fairly short does the josh smith signing like how many (laughs) wins added are we talking man buried the lead he's number 100 in the history of the nba in vorp by the way if you care about vorp well i don't like vorp says he's been better in his career (laughs) than lamarcus aldridge i don't okay uh i did the 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 Pelicans are they're something, man. 
I don't know. They, they're kind of a poor man's calves in that they have some lineups where it's like this could this could work a little bit like but then they have some other lineups where it's like wow man what are you guys trying to do uh, they're they're like when you play 2k and you need to add a couple guys like if you're doing a fantasy draft to to get your team and you're just like all right i'm just gonna sort by best player available like overall rating doesn't matter how they fit but it's like well this this says that josh smith is a 75 and i'd rather have him than this guy who's a 73 like they're just throwing this team together and hoping that it works i can't wait to look at the uh plus minus numbers for when rondo and josh smith are out there together and tony allen Antonio. They should just go. Every, you know, everybody's trying to put put together these spacing Mar- market inefficiency. These there, shooting lineups. Is there market inefficiency right. on non shooting lineups? Put five guys out there who can't <laughs> shoot and see what happens. All the defenses will be thrown off because they're so used to defending right. shooters. Guys will be running out on shooters that aren't even there. <laughs> Pain will be wide open. Like there's five defenders right. like checking the three point line and all the yeah. When the league zigs, the Pelicans <laughs> zag. Yeah, Tony, no, I think I mean, uh, Josh Smith will probably be on the team for about two and a half weeks. Uh, it's an injury exception <laughs> contract. So my guess is that unless he lights the world on fire, which is in play, absolutely in play <laughs> over the next couple of weeks, this will be a, a short, short little trip for him down in New Orleans. Um, I tweeted this last night, but this 100,000%, I will be shocked if Josh Smith doesn't choose a number between 60 <laughs> and 99 right, or right. double zero. Right. Like this, yeah. this, this is like a perfect storm for somebody to choose you, a weird number. Do you know what he's been up to lately? Uh, I don't know. I have not been in touch with Josh Smith. I, mean, I do I, know that somebody, a writer um, that I follow, tweeted that he saw him play live in like a pickup game a couple weeks ago. And he, he said, based on that, I do not understand why the Pelicans just signed him. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, I, I think it'd be interesting just to kind of, what a date, like what a week in the retired Josh Smith's life has been like, mm-hmm. you know, I'm sure he, I'm sure he has been playing some pickup. We could get an undisputed or what's <laughs> the thing? Uninterrupted. 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 Sure. Like I would watch that over the Chris Paul thing that's been on oh, like, sure. every night. Sure. <laughs> okay anything else you want to add five games tonight what which game are you most looking forward to bucks uh bucks celtics doesn't count okay. you already said that you're due to Man. predetermined plans you're not gonna be able to watch games tonight but atlanta at chicago dallas at memphis again for some reason clippers blazers boogies return to sacramento so if i can't pick the bucks game i'm gonna take clippers blazers i mean that's, that's that, those are always really fun games that's a, that's gonna be a good game uh those two teams have been probably the two, you know, two of the four or five best teams in the league so far in the early going. Uh, you know, they they both, when Evan, especially when Evan Turner's not playing, both play, uh, you know, really uh, appealing versions of basketball. And even when Evan Turner's out there, they're still they still can have four other uh, solid guys out there. So uh, the Blake Griffin, you know tour of, of possibly finishing as a at least you know second team all nba possibly even just surprising everyone and, and maybe finishing top five in the mvp voting i think that that's all in play as long as he stays healthy i mean he's looked so good this year it's it's really kind of crazy and it's exciting and it, it kind of makes me a little upset that it took this long for him to finally get his own team just because this is way more fun to me than than any of the just cp blake deandre and just Yep. bunch of scrubs ever was so uh really excited to watch this clippers team the rest of the season hope they stay healthy 
All right, that'll do it. We'll be back next week. As always, the Rotowire Basketball Podcast is brought to you by FanDuel. Basketball is back, which means FanDuel is back. It's fantasy basketball for everyday fans. New contests start every day on FanDuel. No busted seasons. There's something for everyone. Tons of cool content to choose from starting at just $1. Just pick a contest, select your players, and watch your score in real time. I know I'll be playing tonight. We have a little office league going on on Thursdays. James will be playing as well. Over two and a half million players have won a cash prize playing on FanDuel. Take advantage of our special offer for new users. To do that, sign up at fanduel.com slash RW. That will get you a free six-month Rotowire subscription with that first deposit on FanDuel. Just visit fanduel.com slash RW. Void where prohibited. Headlines remind us daily, the world is a dangerous place. The elites in charge say everything's fine, stop noticing, but you know better. And your gut knows that time is short to prepare for a world that is four missed meals away from chaos. My Patriot Supply has helped over three million families become more self-reliant and is the company Americans trust to prepare. Go to MyPatriotSupply.com and secure their best-selling three-month emergency food kits. Each contain delicious breakfasts, lunches, and dinners, averaging over 2,000 calories per day. Secure at least one food kit for each family member. For a limited time, save $200, plus get free shipping on all their Ready Hour three-month emergency food kits. You're not ready if it's not Ready Hour Foods. My Patriot Supply also has solar power generators, water filtration units, biomass stoves, heirloom seeds, and critical survival gear. Shop MyPatriotSupply.com today. MyPatriotSupply.com.